This is the Rotoscopers Podcast, Episode 10, Wreck-It Ralph Test Screening. This is the Rotoscopers Podcast, a podcast for animation addicts, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. My name is Chelsea Robson. And I am Morgan Burr. You know, we had an awesome opportunity to be able to go and see the test screening of Wreck-It Ralph that yes, came to town. It was really exciting. Oh, for sure. So this is just a mini episode. It's not going to be very long like our normal episodes. No news, no nerdy couch discussion, just all Wreck-It Ralph, all you wanted to know. We're not going to put spoilers in this, obviously. We're trying to keep, you know, the integrity of the film and letting you guys who hadn't seen it Obviously, it's not coming out till November. You still have the chance. There's not even a trailer out. So, I mean, majority people haven't even seen footage of this. Although there were six minutes that were screened at CinemaCon to kind of press. But other than that, like, not much is known about this movie. So, first off, if you don't want to be spoiled in any way, shape, or form, you might not want to listen to this episode. We're not going to try and spoil, but there might be some things that we say that maybe you didn't want to know. But if you're interested, like me, I'm always like trying to get the inside scoop on everything, and I don't care if I spoil myself or just like know too much, then this might be the one for you. Yeah. Well, you know, it started out in our second episode. We got three new pictures of what the, the concept are for these different worlds that were going to happen in this movie. You know, at the time, we, we were kind of new at the news thing, so we didn't really know what we should include as news and what we shouldn't, but I'm really, really happy that we did include that as uh-huh. news because I was able to have so much more of, of an excitement to be able to go to see this movie. So if you remember, we had there three pictures. There was one where it had this large man sitting up on a pile of... Bricks. bricks. He's off staring at an apartment building, and he's just kind of contemplating life. <laughs> and then we also had another one of like a, it looked like a candy world, and then the mm-hmm. other one was like cybugs and lots of cyber type um, locations. Yeah. So we just had a little nice little chat on, on what that all was, and so. Um, going into this, that was all we knew. We, I hadn't seen anything else other than that. And then the one picture of the eight bit, the face of the movie trailer. Yeah. Or not the movie trailer, the movie poster Mm -hmm. that has Ralph on it. And it's just him going, (laughs) in the eight bit format. Yeah. And it says 11 to 12, meaning the, the release date. Other than that, there hasn't been much news. So how, how did this come about? So first off, Wreck It Ralph. First off, we're going to, we're going to say what we know about Wreck It Ralph. So Wreck It Ralph is... A movie by Disney and Walt Disney Animation. It is directed by Rich Moore, and one of the executive producers is John Lasseter. There's lots of other people involved. But it's a CGI film, and it revolves around this character, Ralph, from the 1980s arcade game called Fix-It Felix Jr. Fix-It Felix Jr. obviously is the hero, and Ralph is obviously the bad guy who destroys everything, and Felix has to fix his mess. So essentially, that's what this movie's about, is about him and how he realizes, I don't want to be a bad guy anymore, I, I want to do more with my life. And so that's essentially all that we knew. So let's talk about how we came across this screening. I am part of an advanced movie club, advanced screening, so I get to see a lot of them a lot of times. Kind of hit or miss. So Chelsea and I, we went to the movies on Monday, we had passes to see Johnny Depp's and Dark Tim Burton's Shadows. Dark Shadows. But apparently everyone else and their mom wanted to see that movie as well. Because the line was longer than 
probably any advanced screening line I had ever seen. So obviously getting there an hour and a half early wasn't early enough, and we didn't get to go. So I was kind of bummed. Well, while we were standing there waiting, we decided, well, we're going to go see another movie. So we were going to buy tickets for another movie. And as we were standing there, we see these people just, like, walking around with these clipboards, very official-like. And they had this picture on one of them. And Morgan starts talking to him. I wasn't really paying attention at first. But then she was just like, she pointed out to me. I'm like, what is this? So I went over and I talked to this guy and it had, he pulls out and he's like, would you like to see this film? And he like takes his hand and like, he like says the word as he like points it, wreck it, Ralph. It is actually uh, the newest Disney movie that will be coming out soon. It's an animated film. Would you like to see it? Yes. Yes, I would, (laughs) Mr. Man. I I would definitely love to see this. How many can I take? <laughs> so I grabbed that one, and Morgan came over, grabbed one as well, and we were and, in. Really and we were in. <laughs> we were in. So that way better than a screening of Dark Shadows, in my opinion. So what, especially for animated films and a lot, well, other films in general, like heavy on the special effects. You know, this is just an advanced screening, a test screening to see the audience's reaction, like whether it's a comedy, you know, see how they like the jokes, or if it's like a drama, or it's just maybe the movie's too long to see where audiences fade in, fade out, where they laugh, what they like, what they don't like. You fill out a paper at the end. I've known people who, for example, they saw Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. And the majority of the special effects weren't done, so they just kind of had, it was either, like, blocks in the place of there, or there was just subtitles on the bottom of the screen that said, uh, Snape cries here, insert digital tear, and I'm not even kidding, that was something that that, that happened. Yeah, so, especially for animated films, I mean, they still have a lot to do, so I went in expecting a lot of it to be somewhat finished, but unfinished, like 50-50, which it, it was. Yeah. I'd say, like, one-third to one-half was done. Yeah, there wasn't much that they had, like, completely, like, perfectly done. Mm -hmm. But for me, that made it all the better. I was like, wow, this is cool. I get to see, like, the pencil sketches, which, for some reason, for me, that's, like, the best part of it. The storyboards? Yeah. Being able to see the storyboards for these things made my day. Yeah. So, like, the three, the different types, like, the stages of production... A scene that hadn't even been animated or even touched on was just a storyboard. The next stage was just kind of, like, blocking out of the characters. So just very, like, crude versions of the characters. And if they were moving, they would just slide along. And their arms wouldn't move. If they were talking, their mouth wouldn't move. It was just them. It was just kind of to block out the movement and what was going on in the scene. The next one was animation, but still there wasn't lighting. There wasn't texture. Like, clothes were kind of, like, shifting around all over the place, which is normal. Uh, Next one was kind of finalized animation without the lighting, and then final was final texturing, lighting, and all the works. And it was, there, yeah, there were a lot of those, but those, like, majority of the beginning was done. Mm -hmm. I'd say from the middle on, it was very, it was like storyboard animation still. Like, they were still trying to figure out where they wanted to take it, or they didn't want to, maybe we're going to change the ending so we don't want to spend so much time animating it. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, the basic process from what I saw. If Mason were here, he'd probably say, no, 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 Morgan, you're completely wrong. It's not, not a technical <laughs> term. What are you talking about? But whatever. <laughs> well, I'll give you what Fandango says about the synopsis about this. Basically, it's an 8-bit video game character who attempts to shed his bad guy image by escaping into a popular first-person shooter, um, but inadvertently wreaks havoc on this video game universe by freeing a digital villain who can only be contained by the help of a most unlikely ally in this colorful animated adventure. 
Wreck-It Ralph, voice of John C. Riley, is the arch-nemesis of Fix-It Felix Jr., voice of Jack McBriar. One of the most beloved video game icons of all time. <laughs> In a noble bid to prove he is more than the sum of his programming, Ralph sneaks from his cozy retro home into a highly advanced combat game featuring battle-hardened soldier Sergeant Calhoun, voice of Jane Lynch, and strives to prove his bravery by winning a medal. In the process, however, Ralph accidentally frees the greatest threat the video game world has ever seen. But all hope is not lost, because if Ralph can just convince the unpredictable kart racer, Vanellope Von Sweets, to help him set things right, perhaps he can finally unleash his inner hero and save the arcade from certain destruction. So, thank you, Fandango. <laughs> yes. So, okay, let's go into the movie. Let's talk about it. One of the funniest things that you're going to love about this movie is the cameos that happen. Yes. There were some of the very best moments were when I was able to see all these different video game characters interacting and talking, and it was really funny. Yeah, so, so what it is is Ralph, he lives in his, his arcade game, but this arcade game is part of a bigger arcade. You know, and they're all connected through cords and plugs. And there's the central hub, which is called Central Station, more or less, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where all the video game characters, you know, when their work is done and the lights turn off, they can all come back. And it's kind of like Grand Central Station. It's like a, a train station or a subway station, you know, where all the trains are going different places. You know, all the power cords are going to different respective games. And they kind of sit in, it's like a, a train or like a a trolley type thing and you sit in it and then it whooshes you to your video game. The rule is obviously you only go for your video game and I guess it, you can visit other video games but you can't visit during like hours. Yeah. You know, so during there, working hours. There's one part where they're having a party in in the Fix It Felix Junior game and Chun-Li is the DJ. Yeah. Chun-Li, <laughs> Chun-Li from Street Fighter. So, obviously, you know, it's kind of funny to see all these different cameos. I thought the best scene probably in the whole movie and this had been talked about on other, uh, this was the one that had been screened at CinemaCon. But, so Ralph, he goes to like a bad guy awareness meeting <laughs> or a villain awareness meeting. And it's where all these villains go and they, they talk about their, their villainness, like their villainy in a way. And how, you know, even though I'm a bad guy doesn't mean I'm a bad person. But it's okay, I'm accepting, like, this this job that I have. So, like, in this, it's funny, because you look around, and, like, that's the best part, because you're looking around the circle. <laughs> you're like, do I know this guy? Do I know this guy? There's Bowser there. There's Dr. Eggman from Sonic. Um, there's a zombie from the Resident Evil series. Uh, M. Bison from Street Fighter. Zangief from Street Fighter, who I thought was the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Clyde the Orange Ghost from Pac-Man. Yeah. So I thought that was I think a good scene. Kano from Mortal Kombat. Mortal <laughs> I played that one a, a bit too much, I think, as a kid. <laughs> that really was my favorite part as well. Um, being able to see all these different, just the the world that they built for all of these characters. And what's really cool is each one of the characters, they move. Like, even though they may go and visit other games, they still move like they were programmed to move. So, for example... The, the ones in, in Fix-It Felix, they're just those 8-bit games. So, like, you know, think of beginning Nintendo of just, like, boing, boing. Like, every time that they these characters will walk anywhere, you always have the sound effect of boing, boing, boing. And so that was really cool. 
how they just they always stayed the way they were. Yeah, they stayed true to character. Like those the ones for any character from the eighties. Kind of the way they moved was very eighties esque. You know, yeah. for a video game, like <laughs> that's how they moved rather than really smoothly for some of the more advanced like first person shooter type games. Um, so yeah, that's really that was a fun part of the movie. I really liked it. You get a lot of, it's really like heavy on the cameos at the very beginning and it's hilarious. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people laughing and the thing is like, you know, Oh, what if I'm not a gamer? I don't get these references. I didn't think that was a problem. Even if you didn't know who any of these characters are, the point of the movie is to introduce you to these characters, which is Ralph, fix it, Felix, and then other um, characters who are, who are fictional characters from fictional games that are introduced. But really, it's introducing to Ralph's world and what his problem is and what his struggles are. So, yeah, if I don't catch that Cuber is in Grand Central Station or whatever, it's not a big deal. Right. I don't think you'll be deterred or miss, miss out on much mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with these characters. I grew up with three older brothers, and so I played a, a decent amount of video games when I was younger. Um, but more in, like... Once I hit Nintendo 64, it was kind of, like, dying out for them, so it was kind of dying out for me as well. But even though I didn't understand and I wasn't, like, totally in with all of the new gaming, you know, advances and everything like that, it was still really cool to be able to see the few ones that I did remember and a few of the newer ones that are like, oh, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it. And I will tell you, I was smiling and laughing basically the entire time. Mm-hmm. It was a great great film. Yeah. It's funny because our screening, like, you turned around, you looked around, and the majority of the people you could tell were gamers. Oh, yeah. Like, just by the, you know, okay, a girl's wearing a Princess Peach shirt, a guy's (laughs) wearing a Triforce shirt, another person's wearing a Halo shirt. Like, obviously, this screening was meant for a very specific audience. And then they also wanted animation fans, and so that's kind of, like, that's what we are. That's why we were there. Like, we're huge fans of the movies, and, um, it was just kind of funny because they clearly wanted to see what these gamers, how they felt about it. And yeah. from what I've ta- what I've read and talked to, the gamers really liked it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's good for them because I really do want the best for Disney and for this movie, and I want it to succeed. I'm not saying that just because I like it. I'm saying it because the movie was a legitimately good movie. It really was. I, if I wasn't, I, I'm not a f- one to be bashful. I'm very blunt and honest, <laughs> and I would say I did not like this movie if I did not like this movie, but I did. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of like what else is there type of thing. There's um what happens with Ralph is he he has this like crisis within himself. Like I don't want to be a part of this. Like none of the people in his world accept him or even recognize him. They have a big party for the 30th anniversary of the game, and he's not invited. Even though he's like the central character or one of them, the one who creates turmoil and yeah. chaos. Like we're not even gonna acknowledge you. And so it really, like, hurts his feeling and makes him really sad. Like, okay, I'm going to go where I'm loved and where I can be a hero. So he sneaks into this game. It's kind of like a Halo-esque game. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Hero's Duty. So, obviously, if you play on words there with Call of Duty and whatever, all, the, all those sort of games. And so he somehow, like, finds a guy in Grand Central Station. In the Central Station, he takes his armor and dresses up in him and then goes into this first-person shooter attempting to, you know, save the world in, in that world. He wreaks havoc there and then somehow is taken to another world on accident, and so he ends up wreaking even more havoc there. Yeah, it's called Sugar Rush. So that's the one picture we've seen where it's the candy land. It's a lot of color and candy and, and happiness. <laughs> and so essentially it's a racer 
game. You know, those racers where you sit down, it has a wheel, and you can put your foot on the pedal. There's usually two people, mm-hmm. and you race around all these things. So it's like that, but it's meant for more little girls mm-hmm. or anything. I found a really funny part. Yeah, I don't want to like, give away too many of yeah. them. I don't want to give too many away, but it's really funny. I, I actually love the scenes where they, they zoom out, and they, they bring you back into the real world where, like, the people who are playing the video games and, like, what happens, like, from both sides of the glass. Like, yeah. I thought that was really awesome. And the way just, like, the humans reacted to, like, glitches in the games or, like, you know, because Ralph was in the wrong game and creating havoc there, like, the person who was playing that game was just, like, so confused. <laughs> it, was, it was great. <laughs> so, essentially, once we get to Sugar Rush, that's where a lot of the goods happen that they haven't released on, you know, obviously any trailers or synopsis, so we don't really want to talk too much about what happens from that point on, but he does meet a girl, which it said in the synopsis, named Vanellope von Schweetz, and she's a little racer girl who, you know, just wants to race her her candy-coated car. (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah, that's great. So, okay, so I thought was really funny is, I was telling Chelsea this, like, the very end, there's this really, like, high-energy scene where it's inside the video game. And for the beginning of the movie, they pulled you in the video game, and then you'd be outside the video game seeing the human's perspective. And then that kind of all just went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it would have been really funny during this really dramatic, like, high-intensity scene for them to just pull out and have it be the arcade, dark at night, you know, all the lights off, except for this one video game, like, maybe its lights are on, and you can just see the screens of what's happening, like, <laughs> high intensity, except for it's, like, you know... One le- bit character. Yeah, going, like, ding, ding. lesser <laughs> graphics or whatever, and then, so you're kind of sitting there, and you'd be like, no, no, go back, go back, and then just, like, hold it, hold it, hold it. Like, I think it'd be really funny. It kind of, like, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to do this, obviously, but it reminded me of, if you're a Simpsons fan, there's an episode called Cape Fear, and Sideshow Bob, he, he starts stepping on these rakes, and he hits his face, and he goes, <laughs> and he steps on another rake. <laughs> Anyways, this, like, it's a classic Simpsons scene where he steps on the rake, and it's funny the second time, even more funny the third time, and then he does it a fourth time, a fifth time. It gets less funny, and then they keep doing it 10, 11, 12, and it gets <laughs> even funnier. So, and which is the most, like, unique thing about that is the director, Rich Moore, actually directed that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, go back to your Simpsons roots and put that in there. That would, that would be, be really cool. so funny. Yes. You know, because so, you just want to go back, like, ah, I don't care about this. Like, go back to the action. <laughs> but if they did that right, it would turn out to be really funny. Yeah, I think so. I love that side. That is probably one of my favorite Sideshow Bob moments ever. Yeah. I mean, even Simpsons moments ever. So, yes, I agreed with Morgan's thought of, yes, this is what they should do. So, yeah, um, if you do that, just all we ask is that you just invite us to the premiere. <laughs> Pretty please. <laughs> <laughs> From there, that's, that's where we'll stop. Now let's just talk about the characters. Like, what do you like about the characters didn't like? Who was your favorite? Um, well, what was interesting, afterward they were asking certain questions as far as, you know, being part of this test group. They were asking, like, what... What is something that draws you to the movie? Like, what's something that draws you to a character? And what does this name mean anything? And it, so I was talking about the different names of these different characters, which I thought was really interesting. Like, what is the draw, like, public appeal based on the, the voice actors that are playing these different characters? And I thought that would be a really cool idea to go into on a later episode of, like, a Nerdy Couch discussion uh-huh. as far as, like, what is it really that we look for in these 
voice actors and the different oh, voice yeah. actors that, you know, if it's like a live action film star that goes into voice acting because of whatever, or just a, someone who just does film or does yeah. voice acting. Absolutely. See, for me, like, I've never been one, which this is a nerdy couch discussion, but I've never been one to see an animated film because, oh, this person's doing the voice. Right. Like, it's a perk, but, like, to me, I'd rather just have really good voice acting. Although I will say Jane Lynch, who does, her name's Sergeant Calhoun. She's, like, this bad-A girl who's, like, a, a fighter and has guns or whatever. She's in charge of all the soldiers. She's voiced by Jane Lynch. She's the head cheerleading coach in Glee. And she kind of played, like, a similar character, very, like, rough and, and like, to the point, very serious in a way. But she did an awesome job. Yeah. Like, I think she was one of my favorite characters. Like, anytime she was on screen, just because she was such a cool character, yeah. I was like, <laughs> awesome. That character. Yeah, so. <laughs> Her backstory was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, we won't yeah. say anything. <laughs> but it, just know, it's cool. It's good. Get ready. <laughs> so, Chelsea, okay, so this is a Disney animated film. How did you feel about it, like, being Disney? Did it feel Disney to you? It didn't really feel that Disney Disney to me. Mm-mm. Like, it was kind of... It kind of seemed like a mix between, like, a Pixar, but also other things, like maybe a DreamWorks-type feel. Uh I don't know why exactly, but I think also just because it had all the video game characters in there. So you're not really expecting these video game characters to be in Disney. Yeah, totally. I kind of felt like it kind of had the visuals of the Lorax, especially when they get to the Candyland, where everything's just, like, out of this world, magnificent and, like, crazy and... Uh, you know, because in, in Lorax, there's these big old trees with these fluffy tops, and that's kind of like the same vibe that I got. But yeah, like it, I kind of like the analogy that someone said, you know, this, it's kind of like the Emperor's New Groove. You know how when you saw Emperor's New Groove, it's like it broke the mold. There were no Disney princesses. There was no love story. There were no songs. And I feel like this was the Emperor's New Groove of their computer animation stuff. Like, they just kind of took a really big risk. It's completely different, but it works. Like, mm-hmm. it's really funny. And yeah. it's, like, good for them because they need to try new things. And, and yeah, obviously, you're the, you know, the formula works. That's why they keep doing it. But, I mean, it's nice to have some, like, development and branch out. I liked how, for example, uh, Toy Story was kind of that. It showed a lot of friendship. And that's, this movie actually does show a lot of friendship as well. And so instead of doing, like, romantic-type things, they do more on the mm-hmm. on the principles of being friends and having somebody there for you at all times. Yeah, speaking of Toy Story, I kind of, like, liken this to Toy Story with video games. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is Toy Story kind of tells you the story of toys. Like, what happens when the lights go out or when the kids aren't in the room? Oh, they come to life. They have this other world. I felt like this was you know, like that in a way, like what happens when, you know, your quarter runs out, game over, or the lights go out in the arcade? What do the characters do? You know, we find out, oh, they actually have lives, and they go, and they they interact with each other, they have parties. It's fun. It's cool. You know, I I love, like, seeing that, like, oh, the thing, the, the world around you, like, what is it really like? Yeah. Well, not really, but theoretically, what, what could it be? Yeah, it's fun. They had... And I thought it would be such a really cool thing to be a writer for these things because they had to come up with a way to get to just figure out, okay, how is it that we can make it that video game characters can interact with each other? And like that from the very first thing, it showed kind of like 
how they travel from place to place. Uh-huh. And I just thought that was so cool. It was like, yeah. if I were a writer or an animator, I would just have so much fun just coming up with ways of how could this character travel from one spot to the uh-huh. next? Yeah, it was it was really awesome. There's like spe- specific scenes that are just like laugh out loud funny. And I don't want to say them because like I don't want to give things away. Like I don't want to ruin it for you. Like obviously this doesn't come out till November. But just, like, be prepared to laugh and think, like, oh, how clever. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. So afterward, they gave out sheets of paper of what you would rate it. And I definitely rated it with really good. Yeah, me too. Um, I rated it. It was, like, excellent, very good, good, uh, not good, and poor. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And everyone in the theater, I think the overall majority gave it very good to excellent, Uh which is really good. Um, I gave it very good because I feel like there were just a few things that needed, you know, a pacing issue here or there. There was just a few things that maybe needed to be fixed um, and improved. But also I think a lot of that had to do with the lack of visuals for the last half. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't animated at all. It was storyboards, which I, like, was eating up. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I thought it was such a neat experience to be able to experience the movie in that way because, like, You'd love to see it like that, but they never put things like this on the DVD. Right. You know, like, there's all these scenes that they probably are going to cut or they're going to change, but they're never going to show them to us. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was I was grateful I got to see that. Um, I think once everything's all done and I'm not distracted by, like, the switching from a storyboard to halfway animated back to storyboard to all the way animated, I mean, I think... I'll be able to enjoy it a lot more than I did, which I did enjoy it a lot, don't get me wrong. Oh, we've been gushing about it ever since. Yes, <laughs> yes, completely. And all, like, the buzz on Twitter and that I've kind of read and heard, like, people really liked it a lot. Yeah. So I really have high hopes for this movie. I hope... First off, I don't know how they're going to finish this movie in six months. Like, to be honest, I was looking at everything that means done, and I just... I don't know how. <laughs> but I hope they can. Because I want this movie to come on schedule. I want everyone to be able to see it. Uh, If you love video games, if you consider yourself, quote-unquote, a gamer, then please go see this. If you're an animation fan, also go see this. This is one for the books. Uh, Yeah, it's good. It's just very good. So congrats. Oh, oh, John Lasseter. Oh, okay. So as we're sitting there, like, we're all, we've got our popcorn, we've got our drinks, and we're just waiting for the movie to start, and all of a sudden, like, you see all these different chairs that they're taped off, and they're like, they're like, oh, those are just some people that are going to be coming in. We're like, oh, okay. And we're well, waiting. first, there was a guy down in the very front row who was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and if anyone knows, John Lasseter wears Hawaiian shirts every single day. He yeah. has a huge collection. Just, like, Google it uh, on YouTube. Like, there's a video of him, like, going into his closet. It's pretty awesome. But he had, like, a ponytail, and he was kind of skinny. I was like, aw, fake John Lasseter. <laughs> Lame. I was like, well, John Lasseter, he's the CEO of of Pixar, and he's also the head of anime, you know, the head of Walt Disney Animation. This guy is a busy, busy guy. So I just kind of assumed he's not going to be there. He has way too much on his plate to just go to a, a screening. Like, I'm sure he's seen this movie in the real form, like... Real meaning R-E-E-L. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, probably dozens upon dozens of times. Right. In some way, shape, or form. He's definitely not going to see You know, so I was like, eh, he's not going to be there. But. But so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden this whole group of people just come in, and some of them are dressed nicely and have these suits on, and some of them are, are dressed <laughs> up 
um, just kind of casual, and some of them are more business trendy yeah. type. <laughs> and you, they come in and they they go and kind of disperse to different spots, and and lo and behold. It's John. <laughs> yeah. I sit there and I'm like, I turn my head. I'm like, it's John Lasseter. Like I yell it kind of loud, but not loud enough so he could hear. And my boyfriend's like, no, that's not him. I'm like, no, it is. Yeah. That's him. And I, I just like sat there with my mouth open and kind of, not really, but like I kind of watched him as he went up the stairs and he was one row behind us in the middle. They put us on the side. But, um, so I just kept looking back and there was another girl sitting right next to him and she kept turning to her friend, like with, you know, making no noise and mouthing the words, it's John Lasseter. <laughs> and she started crying. <laughs> well, and then there's another person like further back up and she was just like, we love you, John. <laughs> like, yeah. wow. Yeah. And he, he was like, uh, quiet. He quiet. was like, shh. <laughs> Pretty awesome. So yeah. he was there, and, like, I didn't expect that. A lot of the executives were there, and also the director. He was sitting kind of behind us, and then later on in the film, he was kind of behind us with a clipboard. Uh, pretty cool. I wish I could have come up to him, because it would have been... I love The Simpsons and, and oh, Futurama, yeah. and he's been really big and integral in those. I'm like, I just want to thank you for all you've done. <laughs> You're awesome. He's, he's directed some of my absolute favorite Simpsons episodes. Streetcar Named Marge, Cape yeah. Fear, um... How was that the monorail. The monorail. So it's probably the. I always wanted to go up to him and say, "I called a big one." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, I, I'm pretty sure he, he would know what that is. I'm sure he does. But then again, we didn't want to be fangirls. Like I, I heard someone later. They're like, "Yeah, some people were going up to John Lasseter," and I was just like really embarrassed for them because they were just like not doing it the right way. Oh, and yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, okay." Like I'm, I'm glad I didn't go up to him and, and whatever. So. But this is our way to fangirl out. You can now know exactly what we're thinking. And if John Lasseter ever gets this, no, we thank you for everything you've done. And if Rich Moore ever sees this, we're going to say, oh, wow. Thank you so much for Simpsons. Thank you so much for this movie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Chelsea, big question. Would you see Wreck-It Ralph in theaters after already having seen it? I think I would, for sure. Because, one, I want to see what it's going to turn out to be like. Uh Because I saw the... There wasn't that many finished finish scenes, so I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. And I'd also like to see uh, if they change anything. Yeah, I agree completely. I would I would take my niece and nephew to this movie. I think they'll get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if my brother, who's a gamer in town, like I definitely would take him because I know he would just bust up laughing oh, at yeah. the references. Uh, yeah, it would be really... It'd be good. I, I liked it. So that's our little mini review on it. Mini? This is 40 minutes long. Yeah, well... <laughs> Mini for us. <laughs> yes, it's not our hour and ten minutes that we could spend on just on everything. But anyway. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, whatever, just send us an email at therotoscopers at gmail.com. We'll read it on the next few episodes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and our website. It's a good place. Thanks for all the support. We really appreciate it. Don't forget about our sponsor, audible.com. You can get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. So I totally got one, and I'm going to take it on my cruise. I'm going on a cruise in a few weeks, so I got, like, a really big book. Yes. <laughs> I got I got a really big, like, you know, 40, 50-hour book that I can just listen to, you know, nice. on the way there, like, while I'm sitting, like, tanning. So it's a really good thing, especially if you're going on vacation. Just, like, sign up for the Audible trial and, like, get something to listen to in the car. For sure. So till next time, we are the Rotoscopers. Stay classy, everyone. Okay, before we go, I want to 
let you know that we're having a contest or kind of a drawing giveaway. So it has to do with reviewing us on iTunes. So by reviewing us on iTunes, it really helps support the podcast. It helps get us exposure into the iTunes machine. And um, so what we're doing, we're having a contest. What we're going to do, if you write a review of the podcast, um, you have not just the little give us five stars, give us four stars, but write actual review. You know, you can write one sentence, you can write a big old thing, just however you feel. Write a review, take a screenshot of it, and email it to us at therotoscopers at gmail.com, and you'll be entered into this contest to receive the Art of Brave book. Ooh. Yeah. It comes out May 30th. So, so how this works is... Once we reach 35 actual reviews in iTunes, we are going to draw for the winner. So 35 reviews or until the end of May. Let's say we get 35 like in two weeks and there's still a week left in May. We're going to give you, you know, extra time till the end of the May so you can go and you can put your, your review in so you still get a chance. So once we hit 35 or the end of May, we're going to put a drawing for that. Anyone who sent me that email with their screenshot is going to be entered into the contest, and then we're going to give that book away. It looks really, really awesome from the artwork I've seen, and I'm really excited for it. I love those books. Yeah, and those are definitely great odds. Only one out of 35 I know, chance right? to win. <laughs> Holy. So we have about six people who've already reviewed. Some of those are, are friends of ours and, and whatnot. So, But if you aren't one of those people, but if you've already submitted a review and you consistently listen to the podcast, just take a picture of your review that you maybe previously had done, and we will also enter you into the contest. So you know who you are. And don't try to do that, because if someone tries to, like, take a screenshot of, like, my friend's review, and it's clearly not my friend. <laughs> we know. It does not count. <laughs> so, excited. Go give us a review real quick, screenshot, and email us at therotoscopers at gmail.com. So exciting. Thank you again for joining us. You can visit us on our website, therotoscopers.com. This is where we post all the news for the week, also the new episodes and any fun little tidbits. You can go there. Also follow us on Twitter at therotoscopers. We have a Tumblr page, and this Tumblr is therotoscopers.tumblr.com. And what we do is we post a lot of concept art for the movies that we're reviewing and then past movies that we have done or just movies that sound cool. Like right now we're doing a lot of brave artwork on there. So go check it out. That's fun. And also our individual locations. So you can find me, Morgan Burt, at Morgan underscore Burt on Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter, and that's Chelsea Robson at Twitter. And then you can also go to Facebook.com slash This is Chelsea Robson. Perfect. We also have Mason. Mason just started a new blog. It's actually pretty awesome. It's where he posts his, his journey as a pre-animation student and soon-to-be animation student, and then after that, an animator. The <laughs> <laughs> and you can find him at so you can find Mason at thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com so check it out, it's really cool, you can see some of his projects that he's put in his portfolio and, and so on and so forth so thanks guys, thanks for joining us All it's right. been an awesome episode thanks guys, ciao, peace we love you, miss you <laughs> cut that out, okay <laughs> Facebook.com backslash this is Chelsea Robson. Robson. Oh no. <laughs> Let me restart that. You did that on purpose. I did not. You knew, <laughs> you knew I was saying it wrong and you were sitting there smiling. <laughs> okay. Let me do that again. You can also find Chelsea on Twitter, Chelsea Robson on you can also find Chelsea on Twitter, Chelsea Robson, and then also Robson. Ah! Okay. I'll say it.